Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. What was it turned to? By the church, what was it turned to? It, was, it became a political tool to divide the church and say that, well, a man who had persistently failed what God wanted done. And I said it here and I said it in private. I said for those who needed to hear that nobody that God picks up from the dunghill and puts him among princes to stay in order to turn away the reproach of the poor and then he uses that power and turns it to his own advantage. It's satanic. Even if he won, it wasn't going to last. That was his, thus say the Lord. It was from that point that I began to take it. I said, ah! Bossing Emmanuel's ministration sent a wave in terms of what God was trying to awaken the Nigerian church to. But was misunderstood and turned to politics as though they were going to use it to foster their own foolishness their greed and their avarice and so on and so forth. The messenger himself apparently missed the purpose of the message and the interpretation. It ended as a political tool for the electionary campaign that polarized the church. Let me say this. Political what? Affiliation cannot do what? Cannot fight an ideology. It's not possible. Now can you use gun to fight an ideology? You know, the, otherwise, why has America not been able to contain Al-Qaeda and, and the Islamic philosophy? Praise the Lord. And that's a first lesson. I simply draw attention to the time limit. The church in Nigeria, particularly the South, has to redeem itself by returning to the Lord. Whoever you choose to vote for and whoever wins, there's only one thing it does. It's a time marker. It was intended to be what? A time marker for the church. Even if the current president had won and something happened to him in the office, where was the government going to go? Talk to me, people. You would have gone into the hands of an unknown entity. And I mean totally unknown entity. But there was one common denominator that he would have had with the one that has been selected. The same issue that the church would have had to face that the church is not prepared for, neither does the church understand nor see. Whoever wins simply sets a timeline from May 29, 2015 to zero to two years for the unleashing of Islamo-fascist policies in Nigeria. Therefore, it is time for the church to wake up and do what? Preach Christ. The cross and the apostolic doctrines needed to be intensified. Because the only thing that can fight this scourge 
is the power of Christ in me, in you, showing that there is an alternative. But our children need to be taught the way of the Lord with the same intensity because I'm coming back to that. All the songs that we are singing with respect to the economy improving and so on and so forth. The West will come. They want to give us more money and so on and so forth. But when the more money comes, it will come with conditions. You will have to accept homosexuality. You will have to turn your children over to something else. Oh, you are looking for power. You are looking for good economy. You are looking for so many things. In the very day the election results were announced, what came to me from Abuja came to me from Kaduna. That gay procession. How many of you heard it? So the battle that we thought we won. By the simple fact of the change that we are going to get support from different places and so on and so forth. So with all the things that we are asking for and the change that has come and so on and so forth, where is it who is hearing from the Lord? Which doctrine are you submitting to? Do they know what the Lord is saying? Do they know what the Lord is saying? And that's my dilemma. Those were my agonies. Those were my tears before the Lord. What will happen to my people? Because if there is no voice that understands what God is saying, what God is doing, we will all be looking for more power. And I want more power, by the way. I spend more money fueling my generator than we, sp we spend eating at home. But those are not the things that would take me to the kingdom of heaven. And while we are toying with all these things that appear so good to us, we are ready to do what? By ignorance, sign away what? Our entrance into the kingdom of heaven. That's the danger that the Nigerian church is into. That the Nigerian church does not understand. Are you with me, people? And I just bless God. Nothing that is spoken to us in this place. Many years ago, he gave the word, and it was openly publicized there, when he said, whatever you ask me, he said, I will do. And we've seen that over and over and over. That's why God will not hold us guiltless if we abandon this course of prayers. Because the Nigerian church at this time needs to understand where is the voice? Who is he that is hearing the Lord? Who is God's appointed man to whom he's speaking concerning where we are going as a church? To who, whose doctrine we are going to be submitted to? Our children must be taught the way of the Lord with the same intensity, if not more, than we feed them with secular education for their own sakes. Because all of us have gone through that. And I can't say you shouldn't go through that. Many of your children are now at the stage they are going into universities and so on and so forth. And you had me cry here, shout it. Daniel was prepared before he went to the University of Babylon. 
Are your children prepared? Have they been taught the way of the Lord? Have they been grounded in the truths of Christ? Before moral, before moral relativism takes them over. Because you won't be there. But whatever you have put in their hearts, it's what will stand them for them in the day. That's why I said that. And of course, cry aloud, spare not. Let me continue. It was in this same place, at one of the prayer meetings. Dikin Shobola, are you here? When he quoted from Acts chapter 27 and spoke allegorically about what that was saying, and I'm going to spend time on it, all right? I also just took it just the way it is and so on and so forth. It didn't really sing to me. Until that Thursday, I was flying to London. I was flying to London with my friend, a noted pastor. And um, in the lounge, me and my friend, we began to speak. And then he just pulled it and said, do you know? While I was in Canada, because it turned out he was in Canada then. I wasn't even giving a thought to these things and so on and so on. The Lord just spoke to me and said, go and take a look at Acts chapter 27. Wow! God had said it here. Now I'm hearing it a second time. You better pay attention. And it was a perfect typing. Let's go to that scripture, please. Acts 27, 13. Yes. And when the south wind blew softly. Now let me give you a background because if we start here, I would have cut short what was most important. Amen? Paul had just finished giving a testimony before Agrippa and um, Felix. Are you with me? Acts chapter 26. And you will find in the testimony that Paul was giving, Paul said, when the Lord appeared unto him on that road, there was specific instruction that God gave to him, said, I've given you the message to open one their eyes and to turn them from darkness to, to light. To turn them from darkness to light, from the power of what? Satan unto God. Unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance amongst them which are sanctified by the faith that is in me. There was a specific message that was given to this man. And through that entire chapter, you saw him giving a witness to Felix and to, to Agrippa. Agrippa cried and said, Paul. So first of all, he said, you are mad. And Paul said, I am not mad. I would that you would be like me, although without chains. He said, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. And in the, in the, in the, in the, in the discussion that went on between Agrippa and Felix, this man would have been set free. But that he did what? He appealed to Caesar. It wasn't Paul that was saying what he was saying. It was the message that was pushing Paul. So the events that are here, I wanted to put it in context that there was something there was something that was pushing this man. Now go to chapter 27 where we are, sta where we are standing. And when the south wind blew softly. There was a south wind. The existing president, where did he come from? From the south. So there was a soft wind. And what was the character and the nature of this person? 
The south wind blew softly. Supposing that they had obtained their purpose. There was a particular purpose that they thought they had obtained. That purpose was never obtained. But losing thanks, they sailed by Crete. Now the waters that they are talking about here, I have sailed it once. And boy, I tell you, <laughs> that day, my heart almost came out of my mouth. When you hit what they call Euroclidon. But not long thereafter. I rose against it. What? A tempestuous wind. What? Called what? And when you look at Euroclidon, can you look at it for me? In NLT. Yes. But the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster. Whoa. And where is the president elect from? What is going to characterize this time? A tempestuous word. Cut the ship and blew it out to the sea. Go on, please. They could not turn the ship into the wind. They gave up and let it run by the gale. In other words, it became uncontrollable. You just now allowed the water to just do what? Just push it on. And you can see where the danger that we are is. The strength of the wind, the strength of the northeaster is such that it will be hard for you to stand against it. Praise the Lord. Let it sink. Let it sink. We sailed by the sheltered side of a small island called Corda. We are with great difficulty. We hosted our boat aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to now, strengthen it. Because the ship would have scattered. They used rope to try and hold it together. That's what was saying here. And many of you will remember what I've said. By the nature of what you saw on the go on the eagle of on the on the currency of Nigeria, and understanding what the word of God has said to me that by strength of horses shall no man prevail. The only thing that is able to hold Nigeria together is the prophetic word that was symbolized by the eagle. They were afraid of being driven across to the, the sandbars in Cetis. Of the African coast, so they lowered the ship anchors to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. Go on, please. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and Ooh. said, Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place. 
and not left Crete, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. Go on. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night... Will Nigeria go down? No. Take that out of the equation. Nigeria ain't going down. Because God already has given us that. Amen? But the ship of faith, the house of faith, that's what we are talking about. That God is drawing attention to. Hello? Are you with me, people? Nigeria ain't going down. God has shown enough interest in Nigeria. And part of the reason why it's not going down, I've already, show, I've already so said to you, concerning the spread of the word. But a ship is a house. It contains people. It contains whatever. And the issue that is at stake is what? It's a house of faith. It is a ship of faith in this nation. That God is drawing attention to. Why did God say none of them will die? Why? The only reason that God spoke about the preservation of all their lives was that the message that He has spoken in Acts chapter 26, the same message which was the purpose for which Paul was going to get to Caesar, was not going to be thwarted. And boy, can I say to you, and that's why I'm saying to us, who is hearing the living God? Who is hearing his voice? Who is it that God has appointed as his spokesman that will be a Paul in this time? That will be able to declare this is what God is saying. Because that is the only salvation that the church in Nigeria has. All this fully superfluity of naughtiness that Paul calls it. And I've said to you, men and brethren, for us it's a compass that God has given in our hands. A compass for prayer. The different dimensions of it are beginning to show. Beginning to show. Take courage. None of you will lose your lives. Even though the ship will go down. Doctrine is the only thing that God uses in doing what? In binding his people and in also doing what? In separating the whip from the chaff. And only in that sense am I saying this. Why we need to understand what is God saying to his church? That the church will know who to follow. And what is the doctrine to follow? Hear me. Behold, saith the Lord. Did I not say that I was like unto a man traveling into a far country? This is Neil Frisbee now. Saith the Lord. Did I not say I was like unto a man traveling into a far country? And at a certain time will return. Yea, I tell you of a truth that I am about to arise and do what and return. Behold, one. I am preparing my people to look upon me as I am. 
Yea, I will give another call for, of salvation to my people. While at the same time, I will be gathering my elect. That is the message of the hour. A preparation for those that belong to the Lord. And a call for the people to return unto the living God. Will we sign away our entrance into the kingdom on the basis of the table of bread that is set before us? That's the question that we need to answer. I will give them the true word of my spirit. A new beginning will break forth. And I will shine upon them like a crown of glory. And my spirit and my bride, they will say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And whosoever believes, let him take of the water of life freely. That is the cry of the Lord to the church. The big question, is there a voice that God has designated as chief amongst equals? Who is speaking for God? Is there a Paul in this shipwreck that's about to be? This is not a call to fear. Amen? Give me that, that Deuteronomy 7. Take it from verse 17. If thou shalt say in thy heart, these nations are more than I. If we we'll say in your heart, these nations are more than I, than I how, how can, can I dispossess them? Now note what it says here. Thou shalt not be afraid of them. Thou shalt not be afraid of them. But you should do what? Remember what he did. And there is enough that God has done in this place, in this country, that we can remember. Amen? Two of them were recounted to us on Tuesday, which I've also said to you in passing. Ebola was conquered. The West is still stupefied today. How, a disorganized country like Nigeria, how could they, have, how could they do it? Another one has happened with the completion of the election. Nobody believed. Everybody was shuddering. And so on. And prayers were said. Even the unbelieving say, ah, God answers prayers. So there is enough for you to remember. That's why I said it's not a call to fear. Amen? It's a call to stand. And remember the things that God has done. That when those Islamo-fascist tendencies, when they begin to show, the people will stand and say, oh boy, we ain't going this way. What did I say? We ain't going this way. It's not a call to fear. So remember that shall not be afraid. What the, what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto Egypt. And there are different things that God has done along the way for us as a nation. That the church can point to. The ordinary, the, I'm not talking about the politicians. They are in their own lot. They are doing what they, are, they, are doing what they want to do. We are not praying that we, are, we will keep on praying for them. Amen? Praise the Lord. Are you with me? But it is a call to full obedience to the ordinances of our God. As far as the support of the government is concerned. Why is he contradicting himself? I am not contradicting myself. Did you ever read in the scriptures? Honor the king. In the day that he was speaking about honor the king, who do you think was reigning? Who was reigning then? Oh, talk to me. You don't know. Yeah, he was a Caesar, but he had a particular name. Which Caesar was reigning at that time? Thank you, Nero. 
Who will want to honor Nero? Akbanyo. First class murderer of Christians. And he said, honor the king. It is not a call to disobedience. Not a call to civil disobedience. It is a call to the obedience of the Most High God. But because it is in the obedience to God that God will show his power on our behalf to put down all the oppositions. Are you with me? I didn't come here to raise people against Buhari. Because Buhari himself needs help. That prayers will be made to support him in the manner that the word of God has spoken. It's not an, this is an awakening call not to fear. It's an awakening call to the full obedience of the ordinances of who? Not the ordinances of man. I said the ordinances of who? Our God. As far as the support of the government is concerned. It is a call to a readiness to do what? To bring to captivity all things that will raise themselves up against the knowledge of God, including LGBTQ, including corruption, including whatever. There are several of them. It is a call to do what? To defend the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And it is a call to save your life. Now, as an individual member of the church, I want to show that scripture. So you give me that song of Solomon chapter 5 verse 7. The watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. There are watchmen. What is my role and Pastor Tokes, Pastor Dele, Pastor Andrew, David, Pastor Yomi, Pastor Aino. What is our role in this place? What is our role? We are watchmen. The watchmen here, what did they do? They smote me. They, they smote who? They, they wounded me. They wounded him. The keepers of the walls took away my veil the from me. The keepers of the wall, they did what? They stripped her naked. That's the role of your watchmen out there if they are not following the word of God. And that's what you are seeing happening today. Amen? Go to Luke chapter 20. I'm trying to tie what you just read here. Luke chapter 20. Give me, give me the last four verses, I believe. Beware of these teachers of religious law. They like to parade around in flowing robes Love to receive respectful greetings and the work as they work in marketplaces. We love to follow Agba Ofifo, Tondu Woro Woro, who have nothing to offer you in terms of leading you in the past. These were presumptuous men who thought they knew. Watchmen whose only work that they do. Yes. What do they then do? They, they shamelessly do what? Cheat who? Widows. They strip you naked. They take away the things that you have. And that's what you have today as watchmen. That's what you have today as your church leaders. That's what you have today. To take, 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 take and take. And not care about what happens to your soul. That's why we are saying, watch out. 
cry to the Lord. Seek the face of the Lord. Where is your voice, Lord? Where is the doctrine that we submit ourselves to? That we may be able to declare the counsels of the eternal God. And keep your house whole. And keep your people for whom you died. And keep them safe. And bring them safely to the harbor of the kingdom. That's the call that is to us. Be on your guard against the teachers of the law. Be on your guard against these watchmen. Who like to walk around their long robes. Oh, yes. And love to be greeted with respect in yes. the marketplace. Yes. Who choose the reserved seats in the synagogues mm. and the best places at feasts. Mm. Who take advantage of widows. They take advantage of widows. And rob them of their homes. They rob them of their homes. Do you see the link between that song of Solomon and this one? And it's not just Solomon that was speaking it prophetically. Jesus saw it. And we are seeing a repeat of it today. And that's why we're saying, this is a call to the church in Nigeria. And this is a compass to each one of us who is sitting here, here in this world. In terms of what prayers we ought to be saying. On one hand, for the voice, the Paul, in quotes, that God is sending to the church in Nigeria, who will be the voice, the one through whom the doctrine of God and the commandments of God concerning the hour is going to be. And as we follow that word, that singular message that was being preached, that was given as the basis for the life of Paul being saved, that is being given as the basis for our lives being saved, who has that message? Who is it? Who is it that God is sending? For starters, remember the classic thought by Pastor Daly on authority and submission. And I'm going back to that aspect because it's so important. I don't want anyone to misunderstand me on that. On your spiritual and scriptural responsibility to pray for this government. Amen? And those who are there that they do the right thing. And you will find in Romans chapter 13. Let every soul be subject to higher power for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Yes? Whosoever therefore resisted the power, resisted the ordinance of God. Yes? And they that resist shall receive to themselves the yes. nations. When the God the ways of LGBTQ to want to change our laws, we will resist. And we'll take the consequence. And we will do what? You don't like that one. Every disobedience has the recompense of... <laughs> Amen? You don't like to hear that. But it's coming. Rulers are not a terror to good works. So when you begin to see them being a terror to good works, it's something to pray. Lord, you said rulers will not be terrors to good works. Let these people not be a terror to good work. It's a prayer point. Will thou be afraid of the power? Do that which is good and thou shalt have the praise. Verse 4. Yes? For he is the minister of God. To you said these people will be a minister of God to us. When you begin to see them being otherwise, it's a prayer point. Amen? But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. You said there will be a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon those that do evil. It becomes a prayer point. Perhaps if we have prayed for this man, when people were stealing our pension funds, God would have heard us and would have stopped him from being the weakling that he was. Perhaps when people were stealing our money and cutting away oil, we have prayed and said, Lord, you said this man will be a minister of you to execute your wrath against evil. Perhaps the Lord would have heard us. But we were busy complaining. We were not praying. Will you pray, people?
Thanks for listening. Join us again next time on another episode of Voice of Restoration. If you want further information on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng. Thank you.